You're listening to the Devoted Women's Podcast, where we share our recorded teachings from our Monday night Bible study. This year, we're in the book of Exodus, and we ask that you do your homework in your study book, or make sure to read the passage in the description before diving in. Happy listening. And really just enter in to the presence of God, because He is here with us. His word is living and active, and he has something to say to all of us tonight. And really, like I said, this is just going to be a time of reflection more than anything. So get comfortable, posture yourself to just receive whatever it is he has for you tonight, and whether that's a a special word that the Holy Spirit speaks through listening to his word spoken over you, whether that's like physical rest and you close your eyes and you go to sleep, go for it, like receive what it is that you need and just, just try to still your mind where biblical meditation is completely different from like new age meditation, right? I'm not gonna ever ask you empty your mind or think about something crazy. Like that's that's not what biblical meditation is. We're gonna do exactly what that song was doing. We're gonna do exactly what um, the word was doing this week in our study. Um, we're gonna focus on God and we're gonna just consider who he is, consider his ways and worship, worship in the stillness and worship in um, the silence. So at any time, if you're just feeling really uncomfortable, permission to move, like be comfortable, move around, settle yourself again. Um, I'm going to ask you to use your breath to help you do that. So right now I want everybody to take a nice deep breath in through your nose, fill your lungs up and exhale through your mouth. When we take these deep breaths, it calms our parasympathetic nerves and really helps our body to just be still before the Lord. So take a few of those now, inhaling and exhaling. And try to make them lengthier with each one. And only do like four or five. You don't don't breath yourself out. But just take some nice deep breaths and like I said, try to lengthen it out and really fill your lungs. And slowly exhale. And just with the season and where we're at, Thanksgiving next week, we're going to use this as a time of Thanksgiving as well, which I mean is exactly what praise and worship is. It's thanking God for who he is. Psalm 107, 8 says, let them give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love and his wondrous works for all humanity. When I read that today, It really made me think God is after all people. He desires that all would come to him. 
and he declares his work. He declares his love for all humanity to see and to experience if they would so respond. And just as I was reflecting back on our study, I thought in saving Israel, God saved me because their story is a part of my story. It's part of your story. And so let us come and give thanks to the Lord. Psalm 118.21 says, I will give thanks to you because you have answered me and have become my salvation. As we trekked through Exodus, we saw that God didn't just deliver them, he saved them. And he ultimately saved them in the sending of his own son. He had our greater salvation in mind. All the way back at the beginning of his people's story for our salvation. So this far in, you might already be wandering in your thoughts. You might already be distracted. Just use that breath and invite yourself. Say, self, let's give thanks to the Lord. And right now in this moment, it's through being still. Acknowledging that he is God and you are not as we consider his works, as we contemplate his faithful love, give yourself grace and just come back into the moment. Exodus 15. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him my Father's God, and I will exalt him. So right here in these first couple of verses, we see this beautiful shift of the Israelites. And they start their song with this note of determination. I will sing to the Lord. And why? Because he is highly exalted. He has made himself known to all humanity. All of Egypt, all of Israel got to see just who he was. And so they make this note of determination. I will sing to the Lord. 
right here at this, with this song of praise, they're saying God is worthy of stopping and worshiping and acknowledging he is highly exalted. And they acknowledge who he is to them. He is their strength. He is their song. He is their salvation. It's not just that they have been saved. He is their salvation. It's his guiding hand, his presence, his deliverance. They have him and he is enough. He has provided the way. And then they make this declaration. I love it. They say, this is my God and I will praise him. A lot of the times in the Old Testament, we see that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there's a little bit of that here. They, they say, my father's God, but they start out with, this is my God. This is a pledging of their allegiance. They're submitting and their surrender to their king, to the creator of heaven and earth. This is my God. I want to ask you where in your life do you need to make that declaration for yourself? Where do you need to say this is my God? Where do you need to praise him and acknowledge his name and his greatness? and his strength and his salvation over a situation in your life? Where do you need to declare the name of Yahweh? We're still at this, the top of this song here in Exodus, but I want to point us forward to Jesus and the reality of what is to come in John's revelation where he sees them and they're singing a new song. Of Jesus, he is their salvation. He is highly exalted. He is their strength and he is their song. And he gives them this new song and says, worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and by your blood, you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God, and they shall reign on earth. 
and John looks around at everything that's happening in the throne room and they continue singing and they say, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And they continued singing every creature to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Friends, we have an advantage over the Israelites here because we're gonna sing a new song. And we can start singing it now because we know that victory belongs to Jesus. Right now, because of his victory over death, we can say worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy are you, Jesus, of all honor and glory and blessing forever. Where do you need to declare victory in your life? and stand on the truth of his word. Trusting and believing in who he is. Saying this is my God and I will exalt him. Verse 3 says, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. He threw Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. The elite of his officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Lord, your right hand is glorious in power. Lord, your right hand shattered the enemy. You overthrew your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleashed your burning wrath. It consumed them like stubble. The water heaped up at the blast from your nostrils. The current stood firm like a dam. The watery depths congealed in the heart of the sea. Look at what the Lord has done. Revelation 15.3 says, Great and amazing are your deeds, O Lord God the Almighty. Just and true are your ways. O King of the Nations. Look back now at your own life, 
maybe even in our study of Exodus and what you've seen of God. Contemplate on how you've seen how he is great and mighty, the work of his hand. Where have you seen his justice, his truth? Where have you seen him rule mightily? just read about him parting the sea for a million people to cross. Before our meeting tonight, the leaders, we were all talking, God is amazing and unfathomable and is capable of anything born. That's a miracle. He saved your soul. That's a miracle. What great and mighty things have you seen God do? Where have you seen him crush the adversary and shatter the enemy? And if your salvation is the only thing you can think of right now, he's worthy of praise. He is worthy of adoration because that's the greatest thing he could have ever done for you. The miracle of miracles. Here planted in the middle of this song, we see the acknowledgement of the enemy's voice and what he tried to say and what he tried to do. But it's also a reality of what he continues to do. This is the voice of the serpent. The enemy said, verse 9, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire will be gratified at their expense. I will draw my sword. My hand will destroy them. This is always our enemy's intentions. These are always his purposes. He wants to consume us. For his glory. For our destruction. So right now, contemplate and think about just what's going on in your life. Is the enemy speaking lies? And I guarantee you he is because it is who he is. He is the father of lies. 
We have to learn to discern the voice of God and we need to discern the voice of our loving Savior, our Deliverer, our King. Where do you need to proclaim, this is my God and I will exalt him? You have no say here, Satan. Where do you need to rebuke the lies and speak the truth? Right now, just ask Holy Spirit, reveal to me, God, what I need to see. Where have my eyes been veiled? And confess. And repent. And right now, just you and him, ask him to speak loudly. Get acquainted with his voice. And here's the reality, God's voice, he's kind, he's a gentleman. And when we go astray, just like the Good Shepherd, he'll be firm when he needs to, but he does not condemn and he does not shame. He's gentle and lowly and he woos us back with his love. The Israelites here in this song, they acknowledge what the enemy tried to do, the lies he tried to speak. He acknowledges that they had been pursued. They had been trying to be overtaken. Verse 10 says, but you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Victory is the Lord's. And then they ask a question. Verse 11. <clears throat> Lord, 
who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders? And I hope when you read that, your immediate answer was no one. So there's a lot of songs like this throughout the Bible. And Hannah, she sings her own over in 1 Samuel 2. And where this song is asking this question and the answer is implied, Hannah doesn't mess around and she just answers it. She says, there is none holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Verse 12, you stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. With your faithful love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. So now we have this acknowledgement, right? They're not staying right where they're at. They're moving forward. God has given them a promise and it's going to require that they move on and they're acknowledging his presence with them. He's going to guide them with his faithful love, with his strength to the place that he has promised. His holy dwelling. In verse 14, when the peoples hear, they will shudder. Anguish will seize the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom will be terrified. Trembling will seize the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan will panic. Terror and dread will fall on them. They will be as still as stone because of your powerful arm until your people pass by. Lord, until the people whom you purchased pass by. This news of this great God who parts seas and delivers a million plus people, that news is starting to travel and it's gonna go ahead of them. And everywhere they tread, there's gonna be some sense that the people they're encountering know that they have this God on their side, this mighty God. Verse 17 says, you will bring them in and plant them. There's going to be some roots put down. He's establishing them. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your possession. 
Lord, you have prepared the place for your dwelling. Lord, your hands have established the sanctuary. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Again, there's this acknowledgement that this God, Yahweh, he's king. And he's establishing his kingdom. And for them at that time, it was Jerusalem. And even more specifically, the mount where the holy temple would be would be built and God would be distinguished. There's this acknowledgement that they belong to this God, they belong to this king, but it's not just for their sake, it's God establishing his dwelling place. The Lord will reign forever and ever. A couple lessons back, whenever I was teaching, we talked about this reality that we are now the dwelling place of God. We are his temple. is ruling and reigning in that place. Daily we have to bow down and kneel before our maker. Submitting and surrendering and pledging our allegiance. Saying, God, let this be the place where people see you. Let this be the place where your light shines. Rule and reign here, King Jesus. When Pharaoh's horses with his chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the water of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophetess Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women came out following her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, and she just goes on to repeat, right? Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. We need to take God's word. We need to take these songs and we need to sing them over and over again. We need to saturate ourselves in the truth. We need to saturate ourselves in the victory. We need to saturate ourselves in the presence of God, trusting and knowing and believing in who he is. And so up until this point in our study, for each chapter, I'm just going to speak who God showed himself to be in chapter one. 
And I don't just want, I don't want you to just hear this. I want you to, again, bow down before your maker, acknowledge this, humble yourself in his presence, thank him for these aspects of his character or these things that he has done. In chapter one, he says, I am present in your suffering. He saw them. God knew. And so hear it right now, sister. God says, I am present in your suffering. In chapter two, he said, I am your deliverer. He comes to Moses and he says, this is who I am. I am your deliverer. And when we got to the feast of uh, the Passover and then the feast of unleavened bread, we saw that that feast was representative of this process of sanctification, right? You have been delivered and you're still being delivered. Submit and surrender. Let God be who he is in your life. I am your deliverer. In chapter 3, he said, I am your God. And in this song tonight, isn't it so beautiful? They sing, this is my God. In chapter 4, he says, I am your calling. As he's calling Moses to these crazy, unthinkable things. He says, I am your calling. What is he calling you to? Is it something crazy? And you need to be bold and say yes? Or is it faithfulness? Obedience to continue right where you're at? In chapter five, we saw that this I am the Lord God, Yahweh, he confronted evil. It didn't go unseen, and it was not going to go unpunished. In chapter 6, he says, I am your encouragement. And it was nothing of anything that they could do or they could say in their own power. It's this encouragement with who he is. chapters 8 through 10 he says I am God alone and he distinguished himself from the gods of Egypt I am God alone in chapters 11 and 12 he said I am your Passover In 12 and 13, he said, I am your freedom. Last week, we saw in chapter 14, 
God said, I am your defender. And this week, I am your song. It says, I am the Lord. One more portion from First Chronicles. This is David's psalm of thanksgiving. And he said, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. And just think back, all those things I just read from chapter 1 to 15. Call on his name. He is with you and he is for you. Give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, proclaim his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praise to him, tell about his wondrous works, boast in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. It's not enough to just keep the salvation to ourselves; we have to go and proclaim it and boast in him. And rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, his wonders and the judgments he has pronounced. You offspring of Israel, his servant, Jacob's descendants, his chosen ones. And now we're included in that. Daughter of the Most High King, Remember the wondrous works he has done. He is the Lord our God. His judgments govern the whole earth. Remember his covenant forever, the promise he has ordained for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, swore to Isaac, and confirmed to Jacob as a decree, and to Israel as a permanent covenant. I will give the land of Canaan to you as your inherited portion. And I just want us to remember back, what is that promise? He's made us a people. He calls you his child. He's given you a place in his kingdom. You have his protection and his provision to go and accomplish your purpose and glorifying him. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among the people. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. 
bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them exult. Then the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And say, Save us, God of our salvation. Gather us and rescue us from the nations so that we may give thanks to your holy name and rejoice in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. That last line, save us, just made my heart cry out, come, Lord Jesus. Come and fulfill And as we wait, we worship. So as the music starts, just take some deep breaths, blink your eyes open, and enter into worship. If you want to stay right where you're at, that's fine. Or you can get up and sing your heart out, shout to the jo- shout for joy in the Lord, all ye righteous, because praise befits the upright. And that is us. So let us sing a new song.